Just in case you were wondering if all critics were men, this holds an 84% on <laughs> Welcome to Hold Up, the podcast where we watch our favorite rom-coms and decide whether they hold up. I'm Carrie Gilbert. I'm Allison Gilbert. And you can find us on Instagram at hold underscore up underscore pod and on TikTok at hold up podcast. And you can join our Patreon at patreon.com slash hold up. And where we will now be, we, it's been a minute since we've done a Patreon episode, but we're back. We did a whole schedule for the rest of the year, guys. We got good stuff coming. So join that Patreon for that. And Carrie, what did we watch this week? We watched There's Something About Mary, which came out in 1998. That's all I know about it. It has. It's from the Farrelly Brothers. It was written and directed by the Farrelly Brothers. And it, can you guess what it holds on Rotten Tomatoes? No. Can you guess? 63. Higher, lower than, higher or lower than. So you think higher than Practical Magic? Yeah. 84. Stop it. Just in case you were wondering if all critics were men, this holds an 84%. <laughs> also, you have to remember that the older a movie gets, the lower its score. So this probably, if Roddy Tease, I've been watching Barry and someone just referred to Rotten Tomatoes as Roddy Tease and that's what I'm doing now. When this came out, if Rotten Tomatoes had been a thing, it would have held like a 90 something. It's just that people have since watched it and been like, ooh, doesn't hold up. Cause we're about to go, ooh, doesn't hold up. <laughs> Okay, but short of not holding up, it's not funny. Like, also, it's not good. Yeah, there were definitely some times I laughed. I love, and I want to say for the record, so that people aren't like, you just don't get this humor. I fucking love poop humor. I love stupid humor, and so there were a handful of times I laughed. Um, but this movie wasn't that funny. I didn't laugh a single time, not a single time. I'm ashamed to say, when he lit the dog on fire, I did laugh. But only because I paused it and made Ben tell me the dog didn't die. Lit the dog on fire. Yeah, when he's giving it too much sedative and he's holding it like this is Matt Dillon, he's holding it like a baby. Oh, right. yeah, and yeah. then he accidentally, I forget where the fire comes from. I watched this movie 12 hours ago. Um, and the dog lights on fire. And then he pours water on it and it pops back to life. Sure. I literally watched this movie and the entire time I thought, what were we all talking about in 1998? Like, and I remember when this movie came out, like people were acting like comedy had been redefined. Like we changed comedy. Like the Fairley brothers were the second coming of I don't even know, like the Harvard Lampoon or something. Like, I, I, I oh, what? Um. Also, we've debated Cameron Diaz a lot of times on this podcast. We both agree she's not a great actress, but we do agree that she's very funny and goofy. She does nothing in this movie except not wear a bra and have hard nipples the whole time. Which begs the question: no. Did they put hard nipple things on her, or are her nipples just always that? Or did they make set freezing so that her nipples would be hard? Like. I can't believe that you made a slapstick comedy and didn't let Cameron Diaz Cameron Diaz. It's almost like she made the sweetest thing as a response to this dumbest shit. Tr- truly. <laughs> truly. 
which is so much that the sweetest thing is so much funnier like it's almost like the writer and director of the sweetest thing was like wow the fairly brothers really misused cameron diaz let's remedy that situation carrie what is i almost said the sweetest thing what is something about mary or there's something about mary there is there's something about mary what is there something about mary about honestly i'm not even sure i could tell you um it's about hot girl and how all the men and the least stalkery one of her is the one one of the hot men is the one we're rooting for everyone's a stalker everyone should be in prison except brett Favre. i'm rooting for brett Favre. me too when she did i was like bitch marry brett Favre." by the way has aged like a fine line because let me tell you that man is hotter today than he was in 1998 I recognized him the second he came on screen because I was like, that's what that is. You know who? I was like, maybe they're not that hot. Ben Stiller. No, but like, why I do people keep trying to sell Ben Stiller to us as a hot guy? Because, because I believe with 100% of my being that that man's kisses will fuck you up. Like if you watch him He does him look kiss, like a very good kisser. Like between this and um, keeping the faith, like that I man find him attractive like, in keeping the faith. I do not find him attractive well, that's because he's doing a very different thing in this that's not attractive, particularly in 2023. We should say, the like... The premise of the movie. Okay, so the premise of the movie is that Ben Stiller and Cameron Diaz went to high school together. They very briefly had a thing because he was supposed to take her to prom, but instead his junk gets caught in his zipper and he has to go and to the emergency room. And they show it. When I tell you, I screamed, screamed when they so show I, it. I so said I, I didn't need to see that, and Ben said they did that. What'd you say? You I watched, watched the Hulu edit. Oh wait, I watched it on Hulu. I still saw the balls. Still saw his. Oh, junk. I did not. I did not. It's quick. Maybe you were looking at your phone. Oh, maybe maybe I looked away. Glad I missed uh, that. Because I also watched it on Hulu. I don't think it was edited down. Oh really? It's just like it's just got ice creamed. You don't need to see it. Um, many many anyway. scenes are not necessary to this movie <laughs> so anyway he like 20 years later 30, I think they said 13 I think they're supposed to be like 13 years later this would be early 30s okay fine Um, he's like still hung up on this girl he knew for like two minutes and... but he can't find her We can't, he can't find her like on the yellow pages or whatever we did in 1998 because we find out later that she's gone off the grid because she had been a victim of stalking so in order to find her he stalks her Correct. And he hires a private detective or a private investigator played by Matt Dillon, which like, what happened to Matt Dillon? Um, I do think is the, I said earlier, I think he's hot Ben Stiller. And then he got less and less hot to me as this movie went on. Because they're making him not hot, but Matt Dillon is objectively hotter than Ben Stiller. Sure. Um, Yes, character's deplorable. But so are all the men. Except Brett Favre. Except um, Brett Favre. Justice for Brett Favre. Is he canceled? Oh, he has a Brett new Favre show. Okay, is Brett Favre an okay man? I think so. Before we, before we gush on Brett Favre and have someone be like, P.S. He did horrible things. Mm, no, he he stalked a woman. <laughs> Sexually harassed a woman. You know what, Brett Favre? We were rooting for you. We were all rooting for you. <sighs> all right. Brett Favre was always pretty awful is the headline of this New York magazine article. Uh, 
Okay, well, in this movie, he's the only good one, but maybe not. I mean, to be fair, he's only there for like 30 seconds and maybe says two lines. Well, also, and can't act, but also, sure. Brad Favre in this movie, good guy, everyone else, bad guys. Uh, I don't know. You know, the rest of the guys could be good guys in real life. Terrible people in this movie. Who They're also supposed to be. I will say what. All the men except in Stiller in this movie are supposed to be horrible. Guys, so evidently the most, I somehow missed this, but the most recent Brett Favre scandal, he's evidently like had a series of scandals. Here's the most recent one. He sought and received public funds for the construction of a volleyball stadium for his daughter's team at the University of Southern Mississippi, which is also his alma mater. And he transferred those funds from welfare programs meant for the poorest citizens of Mississippi. I remember this. They talked about it, I believe, on Who Weekly. Yes, he misappropriated funds. He also suggested that the prison population could build the facility. Ugh, so he supports work for prisoners. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Wow. Well, I'm glad we I'm glad we looked it up. I'm really glad we Googled that. Okay. So anyway, because we don't have to terrible. spend an hour and a half being like Brett Favre King. <laughs> okay, so not a re- oh. to be fair, let's let's separate that the characters played by Matt Dillon, Ben Stiller, and Lee Evans suck. And, as far as I know, and rolling shit. Come on, Chris, Chris. Oh, Chris Elliott, you're right. Thank you. And Chris Elliott, those characters suck. As far as I know, Matt Dillon, Lee Evans, Ben Stiller, and Chris Elliott are not problematic men. Ben Stiller, allegedly not very nice, but I've never heard that he's like, he also, Ben Stiller also did recently say that Hollywood's a meritocracy, which is just a funny joke if he had meant it that way, but it's not. Ben Stiller, daughter of uh, Anne Mira and mr stiller jerry stiller thank you i was like bobby that's not right jerry stiller said hollywood's a meritocracy okay but sure ben anyway's right as far as we know not like not like deeply problematic and it sounds like the way that brett Favre is meanwhile in the movie brett Favre's care as a character while he is playing himself is is the best of the bunch best of the bunch turns out in real life Perhaps the worst of the bunch. Big thumbs down. Okay. Really quick. Really quick. Let's just feel like maybe there's a Matt Dillon thing. Hold on. <laughs> Love a movie where you have to Google all the men to make sure they're not problematic. This is all dead No. Aaron. Okay. Did you as just Google Matt Dillon problematic? I did. He evidently, like, the reason we don't see him as much anymore is that... Uh, he just is like he's been in Hollywood for years and is like kind of not into the whole fame thing. Same. Uh, okay. So anyway, so moral of the story: he's gonna take her to prom. He gets his junk stuck in a zipper. Uh, then finds her years later. We did this already. Anyway, I think right. I was saying like, um, oh, all of the men are supposed to be shitty. She has a a mentally disabled brother uh and all the bullies are always making fun of him but it's also like so they are so it's like and ben stiller the quote-unquote good guy is like defending him and nice to him 
So it is doing that thing of like the bad people are doing bad things, but the jokes are also all still like the jokes we're still supposed to be laughing at. We have, I mean, it's 1998 and there's a mentally disabled character. So obviously the R word is said. Um, also not played by like a person with an, like with an actual disability. In the, when he's like with a group, when he like has a group of softball, about like a, like, I don't know, whatever like group she's hanging out with because it's her brother and his friends. Um, I do think there are some actual people with disabilities in that group, but the actor who's playing her brother does not. Um, I was saying, I was like, this guy with crutches um, does absolutely does not have a disability. And then spoiler alert, uh, he's not supposed to, he's lying. So that one will give them. <laughs> right. Um, so anyway, and like Matt Dillon's supposed to be this really horrible character. Like he tells Ben Stiller at one point that he's found her, but that she's a fat single mother in a wheelchair. And so like the joke is like Matt Dillon's a really shitty guy, but also we're supposed to be laughing at it. And at one point Ben Stiller was like, she's a whale. Like they're not differentiating enough. Like these are really horrible things. We're still supposed to be laughing at the jokes the bad guys are making mm-hmm. that poor oh also on welfare that poor fat disabled single mothers are not that what therefore worthy of love like we're still supposed to be laughing at that joke even though it's the joke of the bad guy right and we're like mining that type of humor constantly so we're like yes it's bad people saying it and theoretically the point of view of the movie is not saying is the theoretically the point of view of the movie is saying these are bad things but it's still what the jokes are and I was right, we're like, still I, punching down. With we're still jokes. punching down, and also I don't. Know. I was deeply uncomfortable with the the brother character, the Warren character, because, like, he's still the butt of the jokes. Yeah, and like the physical comedy, a lot of the physical comedy still has to do with his, like idiosyncrasies and triggers you know um and Matt Dillon calls him the r-word at one point which I understand we didn't like regard the r-word as a slur in 1919 some people did that's not true she even says like that's not politically correct like right we're still like whipping out the r-word as a joke in a way that's like that's my right academic assessment also I was really uncomfortable with the fact that it was played by like a disabled not disabled person yeah sure an unabled person um i agree with you on that and it's also like i don't know what we want a disabled person in here hearing all these jokes about how horrible like maybe it's just true maybe it's just all that maybe there was no good way to do it maybe we just shouldn't have done it um yeah yeah so so back to the like cameron diaz is literally there's a mannequin like she literally doesn't she's hot she likes sports remember. and she likes her disabled brother. I got to explain That's the her cool girl trope too. At the start of this movie, I said, is she going to be the cool girl? And Ben was like, what do you mean? And then I was like, did you read or see Gone Girl? And he was like, no. So then I paused the movie and I was like, <clears throat> and was like, and, and then I explained it to him. And he was like, oh yeah, that's what this character is. I was like, great, thank you. And play. Yeah. Yeah. She likes to eat meat on sticks. She likes to play golf and she likes sports. And that's yeah. it. That's all we let Cameron Diaz do. And she has we very let her do prominent more Charlie's Angels than we did in this. Um, Charlie's Angels probably a more feminist movie than this. Truly. Um, 
well, partially because I'm pretty sure that the three women were executive producers. Um, Protect those women at all costs. Fuck, Mary kill. Drew Barrymore, Lucy Liu, Cameron Diaz, I have my answer. There's one correct answer. I have my answer. You'd obviously marry Drew Barrymore, America's sweetheart. So I would, but like, I do think that'd be an intense marriage. Like, I think we'd have to talk about our feelings every night. And like, some nights I just don't need to talk about my feelings, you know? I think if you said that to her, she'd respect your boundaries. True. As long as you honored her need to talk about her feelings sometimes. Like, I do feel like she's probably really respectful of people's boundaries. I'm killing Cameron Diaz. He's the head of sex with Lucy. Yeah, I'm probably killing Cameron Diaz. I'm sorry, Cameron. I do love you. I like Cameron too. I I think Lucy Liu is more attractive than Cameron Diaz. I so 100% Lucy Liu Lucy Liu's the hottest clock. of those three yeah I I I could be convinced either way of my Mary kill although I it would be really hard for me to kill Drew I'm not I could never kill her. Drew Barrymore you'd be persona non grata in the United States you just killed America's sweetheart and also like I just think a marriage to Cameron Diaz would be like no offense to whichever Madden brother she's married to I just think it would be kind of boring honestly I think a marriage to that Madden brother or either one would be kind of boring so fair I think they might have a boring marriage, which if that makes them happy, good for them. Um, Drew and Cameron are best friends, though. So, like, if you marry, if you kill one, I'm not sure the other one would marry you. Maybe um, you like, fuck, marry, ignore. I'm just going to ignore. <laughs> ignore. Um, sure. Anyway, moral of the story, speaking of Drew Barrymore and this movie, I, after this movie ended, I was like, why do I feel like Ben Stiller's marriage was discussed on the Drew Barrymore show? show? And I Googled it, and it's because Christine Taylor was on the drew barrymore show and they talked about it and drew barrymore is yes they did and she was talking about how they got back together and drew is obviously like hanging off her every word um and she's just you know adorable anyway anyway drew barrymore icon anyway cameron diaz gets to do jack fucking shit in this movie um except probably a lot of work to keep your nipples that hard except like make all these men go crazy but the thing that i in 2023 and as a woman could not get like could not wrap my brain around is i was like i don't understand why i'm supposed to believe that these men have like lost their ever loving fucking minds over this woman because yes she's objectively hot gorgeous and never in a bra but other than that, I like you have not given this woman a personality. I also don't understand. I agree with that. I also don't understand why at the end of it, she like they all admit to being uh, stalkers, and she's like, "Man, eh, leave." Um, and then Brett Favre shows up. Good Brett Favre shows up, and we think she's going to end. It. And he was like, "I was lied. Uh, someone lied to you about who I am. I'm a really nice guy, and I miss you, Cameron Diaz. I guess Mary. Her name is Mary. <laughs> There's something about her. We don't know where." Um. And so do you think she's going to end up with Brett Favre and Ben Stiller runs away and then she like chases him down. And I was like, I also don't know other than just like not being a monster, not really even being a good guy, just not being a monster. What it is she sees in Ben Stiller? I don't know why these people like each other. They have no personality. Everyone's no, and we didn't get to see them together a whole lot. Like no. they don't spend a lot of this movie together. So like, it's not like I've watched their relation, like, I've seen anything developed where I'm like there is like a montage of them like talking and they have chemistry a little bit in this montage and there are they like talk about meat on a stick and he's nice to her brother and that's it like 
I think that montage was trying to do a lot of the leg work. Yeah. And it wasn't great. Mm-mm. No. Yeah. No. Uh, it's stupid. At one point. And there's uh-huh. not a single joke or like joke set piece. Because this is very broad comedy. It's very like big broad comedy. But there's not a single like moment of comedy that is not based on like homophobia or gay panic or dudes like jerking off to women without their consent he was jerking off to a bra ad carrie i don't know that he needed to get to the consent of those models oh fair that's fair you're right yeah that's fine i don't like but you're right like it's like he jerked off and there's jizz on his ear and i mean everyone i mean you don't have to have seen this movie ever to know that and then she thinks it's she puts comment on her gel she puts comment on her hair yeah come has a smell yeah like women aren't stupid you know what i mean like truly yeah right you're expecting to believe that this 30 plus orthopedic surgeon doesn't know the difference between cum and hair gel like the textures are different the smell i haven't used uh, you know i was gonna say i haven't used hair gel in a while so i but like this is i don't think it smells like jizz you know no and it didn't in 1998 either um yeah no it's all stupid it's all and i get it it's supposed to be stupid but like and i don't mind a stupid comedy if i then laugh but like i didn't i didn't also if it seems like grounded in something real like again like we have gone on record on this show and defended the movie 50 first dates we're not against (laughs) much shock we are not also like go listen to our 40 year old virgin episode like I I love crude sex humor. Oh, I'm just thinking about when he's describing boobs like a bag of sand. It's funny. <laughs> right. But like the thing I think that Adam Sandler, Drew Barrymore movies and Judd Apatow movies do really well and very similarly to each other is it's like grounded in something very real and very sweet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the people have personalities. Yeah, um, there's even like, if like there's more flushing out to the characters. Yeah, we you could have the conversation, and we have about like if the women in Judd Apatow movies have as dynamic a personalities as the men or whatever, they don't. But there's still more to them than hot model, like hot girl standing there, hot cool girl. Yeah, yes. Um, I mean, like the argument against Catherine Heigl's character in Knocked Up is that she is the opposite of the cool. She's like naggy bitch. Which I would rather, that feels more real to me as a naggy bitch myself than cool girl. Yeah, um, the cool girl doesn't exist. I mean, like, that's the whole, that's the gone girl of it all is that, like, that woman doesn't exist. Like, like I know hot women who like sports. Some of them are people I love very much. They still have feelings and emotions and... There's the cool girl, the cool girl trope is one, she has to be super hot, but also eats cheeseburgers and never gains a pound. She loves sports and also like doesn't want to talk about feelings and doesn't. And she's not going like, to nag you. She's a guy's guy. She's not going to nag you. She's not going to do. She's not like. She's not going to have thoughts, feelings, or negative opinions at all. You're not going to have to deal right. with her. Basically, you get to keep living your life and have sex with this hot girl while not changing anything. The man doesn't have to change anything about the life he likes at all. Right. Um. 
And honestly, now I'm going to go back to defending Knocked Up because it's an infinitely better movie than this. The point of Knocked Up was you're having a baby. You have to change your life. You can't, right. you can't be stoner bro who doesn't make any money anymore. Like you have to grow up. Um, anyway, this is not a Knocked Up episode. We did that. But like, yeah, that woman in that scenario exists and is grounded in something real in a way that this isn't this just felt crude and lewd and not that funny and at best not funny at worst offensive we have to you said relies on homophobia and gay panic so we have to get to the rest stop scene i also just think like i i can accept that maybe this is just not for me you know what i mean like this is i think written as a 16 year old boy fantasy that's what this movie is and i think that that was the target audience in 1998 and i think there's probably people for whom this movie holds a lot of nostalgia i am not one of them so i can admit that like maybe this just isn't for me in the same way that 50 first dates is just not for some people right like i get it So, so there's that, but then on top of it, like there's moments that are like deeply problematic. I, and also like, I agree with you, but one, I watched this was the man who had some nostalgia for this movie and watched it as a 16 year old boy. And at the end of it said that didn't hold up. And I will not watch dumb and dumber because I don't want it to be ruined for me. And I don't think it's going to hold up like, oh my God. So interesting. So hold on really quick. Jeff didn't watch this with me, but I, texted him this morning and I was like I'm watching this movie and it's like just not funny and he's like I feel like it was trying to build on the success of Dumb and Dumber and it's not as good a movie and I will say I have not watched Dumb and Dumber in a very long time I I am almost certain it will not hold up but I do think it's a funnier movie. That's the thing. And like, again, we differentiate between like, does it hold up as a comedy and does it hold up feministly? And there have been movies where we were like, wow, this is a deeply not unprogressive, unfeminist movie that for whatever reason we still love. Um, I can't think of any off the top of my head now, but I'm sure they exist. The Wedding Singer. Fifty uh, First States. <laughs> yeah. Most Adam um, Sandler movies. God, God, I love them. But I like watching this with Ben, he was just straight up like this like who was a teenage boy when he saw it and does hold nostalgia he was like halfway through he was like this isn't i'm not la-. he said the same thing you did he was like I, this isn't funny i'm not enjoying this this isn't fun it's offensive it's not good like i don't get right. i don't get it anymore i um, actually would be interested to watch dumb and dumber because i do think that that one for the patreon like we may lost st- our patreon <laughs> may still make we lost me laugh um i love jeff daniels um so early on in this movie, they're the the Roland shit character, the Chris Elliott character, who turns out to have been the person that stalked her so bad she needed a restraining order, and then his consequences are like just that he gets a rash. Um, also, like, he's sir, you also belong married person. to a imaginary woman. Oh, I did like, right. Like who Ben Stiller looks at their wedding or looks at their marriage and is like, God, I want this. And it's like a woman who just like brings you stuff and then gives you a blowjob while you're watching television like she's like this she's literally a male fantasy wife she she doesn't exist i think is halfway there exist and is happy 
right. I think is halfway. Yeah, she exists, but she's not having. I think like she, there, it's halfway there is the joke, but there. So I believe the Fairly Brothers understand that that woman doesn't exist. I believe that they understand that all these guys are bad guys, but they're not making that enough of the point for this to be a farce or a spoof on that in the way I think like a better movie would. Because they don't have a juxtaposition. You don't have a fully fleshed out woman. Right. Who is the foil to all of these one dimensional fantasy women. Uh, And so anyway, early on in the movie, Chris Elliott's character says something like rest stops have just become like places where gay, like the thing where you're supposed to like roll your eyes at and be like, okay, this, who this character is that rest stops have just become this place where gay guys go to hook up. And then later Ben Stiller's driving to Miami where Mary lives and he stops at a rest stop and stumbles into essentially a, a, just like a field of gay men having sex with each other and then gets arrested as a part of this, like, and then falsely accused of murder. It goes off the rails and and falsely accused of murder with almost no consequences that he does nothing to get himself out of. It's just like, he's been falsely accused of murder and then they find the real guy. So it's okay. You can leave. There is no, like Ben Stiller is other than driving to Miami, a completely inactive character. Anyhow, um the joke is like you just stumbled into a field of gay men having sex because that's where they go have sex and the and it's like yeah because i get what we're going for i get that like this shitty character said it earlier in the movie and you're supposed to be rolling your eyes at what a shitty thing to say and then it turns out to be the reality like i understand that joke structure and in 2023 i was just sort of like oh oh god like yikes <laughs> with, mm-hmm. like and in tw- a movie with no like like no foil to no like gay character of any substance at all there's nothing to suggest that that's this isn't actually it's not just there's nothing to offset this stereotype Mm -hmm. we're poking fun of it's all half-assed and stupid Mm -hmm. i don't like it yeah no yeah there was nothing that really redeemed this movie for me no because i was bored because i was just bored so much can be forgiven with a good movie and that is funny and this didn't make not that like i ever think we need to be throwing the r word around but this like it had nothing else like all i'm gonna remember from it is the offenses i'm not gonna remember any like particularly funny jokes or good storytelling Mm -hmm. or good character development or any of it anything that makes a good movie yeah um i do miss the fast food chain checkers which which features prominently in this movie she brings checkers to her brother's like group of friends oh i did not realize that that's what that was but yeah checkers and i thought i love checkers fries and i would like them Um, everyone should be in prison i hope she murders them all are my last two notes yeah um, was one of the cops that um, arrested him for potentially murdering a man named Stabler? Yes, Detective Stabler. That's my third to last note. Detective Stabler, question mark? In 1998. Okay. So we have already introduced a pretty prominent Detective Stabler. Was, do we think that was on purpose? I have no idea. Because I think SVU premiered in 98. So it's possible that and like this movie came out in 98. So it was like made in 97. Hmm. So I have no idea. What a wild coincidence. What a wild coincidence. <laughs> also, I need someone to do a deep dive on that. Because I was watching Barry, Body. I was watching Barry. 
I'm unemployed right now, guys. So what I do is record this podcast and watch Barry. <laughs> but right. someone character had the same tattoo that Detective Stabler has. And I said, what is that? A Marine tattoo? Detective Stabler has the same one. <laughs> yes, he does. It's true. Also, maybe um, what I'm going to do with the rest of my day after I record and post this episode is watch old episodes of SVU. Also don't hold up, but best of luck to you. Yeah, but that's the thing where it's like, okay, it doesn't hold up. Yes, uh, police brutality. Yes, um, absolutely no due process. Yes, um, as long as Detective Stabler is hurting a bad guy, then it's okay that he's not using due process and police brutality. And yes, every person is always bad. No, no, there's no like, all of the people deserve to be, you get it. Right. For an episode of a podcast where I've said more than once, everyone in here needs to be in prison. I am um, not a carceral person and SVU is a very carceral show, Um, but I still love it. And I still love Detective Stabler, despite the fact that if he were a real person, I would say that man should not be on a police force. Probably be in jail himself. Um, Oh, I also want so many unarmed people. Anyway, so many unarmed people. Um, it was nice to see Marky Post very briefly. R.I.P. Marky Post. Who's Marky Post? She played uh, Cameron Diaz's mom. She like regularly played the mom around this time. She also then was that was like, her mother. The overly tanned woman was her mother. No, no, no. In the beginning, when they're in high school. Oh yes, 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 yes. Also, um, a joke where like her stepdad answers the door and it's a black man, and so he's like, "I'm at the wrong house." It's like put one black person in this movie to be like did i get the wrong door not only like one black person, and then to be like, like stern mean guy you put like david keith keith david i can never remember which is his first and which is his last name but like you put like i'm like uh, and granted like he was funny like he had some very funny moments he was but funny like, that was like the funnier part i thought he was funny i thought he was funny keith i thought david. marky post was funny um david keith. anyway marky post she was I think she was like a, somebody's mom on One Tree Hill. She was she's like a pretty frequent mom in like Hallmark Lifetime Christmas movie land. We were recently talking about um, it because of the Princess and the Frog. Sure, 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 sure. Yes. Um, and she, she died not too long ago from I want to say breast cancer. Um, he was an Armageddon. I was right. I was. I'm pretty sure he's an Armageddon. Um, we're talking about two different things. You're talking about Marky um, Post. I'm talking about Keith David. Yes. Anyway. R.A.P. Murky Post. I love he her. He played Cameron Diaz's parents. Yes. I and love the her. The instance of a person of color in this movie was to be like, what are you doing here? <laughs> right. Stupid. It's literally to be like, you're out of place in this all white movie. Um. Anyway. I love her and I was sad when she died and it was nice to see her in this. Um, I was confused because then Cameron Diaz lives with this older Miami woman who just tans all the time and we get a couple shots of her um it's, like like saggy uh like uh wrinkly from tanning like leathery titties mm-hmm. sure sure <sighs> because this is a movie made for 16 year old boys anyway yeah I won't be watching this movie again what are we watching next please god let it be something better so it's not gonna be good it's not a good movie that we're watching next but it will be better than this because we're watching because i said so which is a bad movie i think i think i remember it being bad maybe i'll be wrong but i don't think it's an offensive movie like i think i'll enjoy it 
Okay. Definitely has a lower fair. Rotten Tomato score than this movie, but I think it's a movie I can remember watching and I'm willing to watch again. I'm not also, sure I've ever seen it all the way through. Um, starring other t- daytime talk show national treasure, Kelly Clarkson. Oh, wow. It no, is. no, Mandy Moore. I just got Mandy Moore and Kelly Clarkson mixed up in my head. Wild. I'm so jet lagged. Uh, <laughs> uh, it has a 4% on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, it's not a good movie. She so anyway, that's... Plays, though. I really like that she makes souffles. Oh, oh, you know why it's not going to hold up? Because it has the dad from Seven Heaven who is a child rapist in it. Allegedly, but we're, we all... All right, great. Well, join us in two weeks for Because I Said So. I don't think we knew um, then. Okay. Um, join we'll us have a new weeks. Patreon up soon. Bye. Bye.